Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Ian Dugan. Hello. How are you, Ian? It's just, it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good. And it's getting on to do with a hangover, either. No, like that, that, that is definitely contributing, but, but it was like drinking to forget yesterday. It wasn't, it's not the good type of hangover that we've been used to after these games in the past the last 12 of them this was a drink to forget and uh yeah unlucky 13 looking for some perspective today yeah. but i don't i'm not even sure if there's any perspective to give so, oh, I don't yeah. think. anyway i'm happy to be here and i'm happy to be talking to you guys if you do not if you want perspective the man you shouldn't be speaking to is the next man i'm going to introduce that's uh martin Friel. how's it going martin I don't even want to talk. <laughs> the best podcast ever. <laughs> just three guys just not really want to talk. I, just thinking, like, was it bad things come in threes? So I got a, my son got a um, drone for Christmas that smashed me in the face 12 hours before kickoff, ripped up my nose. That was a great start. Seemed terrific. Yeah. Then, we, yeah, then, you know, Saturday morning, I thought, I tell you who's crap, Firmino and Manny, get them out. <laughs> and, and and then, you know, capped off with a big steaming pile of jobbies at half past 12 on, on the Saturday. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the three gone now. The only way is up. The only way is up. Um, to be honest, uh, describing it as a steam, steaming pile of jobbies, I think, is absolutely the most accurate um, statement. Uh, but first, um, I'll give a little bit of perspective. I watched the game in the house, um, watched it with my dad and my pals, and um, kind of, I think our first shot on target was the sixth minute, and then we didn't have another shot for an hour after that. I think the next shot was, you know, 70 or 66th minute or whatever. Um, I mean, it's hard to put into words how disappointing it really was because no one seemed to turn up with the exception of Callum McGregor, who was excellent, um, yeah. even, even in the role he was in. Even, I mean, he was kind of, he was caught out a couple of times, but he's not a left back. So, I mean, that's not really his pro- his fault. Um, I mean, we'll go through the players one by one, but just my overall reaction was just disappointment. Um, I To be honest, I was a little embarrassed by it. The performance was so abject. I was, I was pretty embarrassed. And... I was a little annoyed at Brendan Rodgers' reaction um, in the post-match. It was quite... He almost seemed to be quite accepting of it. It's, it, it. I would have liked to seen a little bit more, you know, rage. Fire. A bit more yeah. fire. Fire is the perfect word. So, yeah, from my point of view, disappointed, abject performance, and a little embarrassed. Ian, what was your kind of take on it? Yeah... It was just, as I say, it, it, it was kind of, I was sort of in my head, I was like, do you know, to Roger's reaction, do do we chalk this up as this was going to happen at, at some point and actually, okay, 13 games and, 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 and we end up losing one. But it was the manner of the performance. It was, it was so abject. There were so few people that actually turned up. There were... Rangers play. I mean, Andy fucking Halliday was 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 being heralded as the you know the second coming of Bisson Lisa Razu or something like that. You know, as if this this 
you know, the, this great left back. I mean, that guy was laughed off the pitch at Hamden, and now, now you know, we made him look like a world beater. Um, the the saddest thing of all for me was Scott Brown. In fact, I think on the I think on the WhatsApp, I looked back at one point, and my last four messages were all going Brown, Brown, fucking Brown, yeah. and. For me, if he has, if there was any doubt in his mind of whether or not he can continue at that level or whether he goes to Australia for two years, I think that game has to have made his mind up because it just just withered in front of us. It was horrible to watch. Hey, Martin, what's your thoughts? I was thinking the exact same about Brown, and actually, half I think halfway through the second half or so, there was a moment where him and Morelos kind of had a bit of a tete-a-tete. Uh, and usually, Brown in those moments, you you get a lot of joy out of watching him because he's clearly come up with a one-liner that just sinks the other guy. Whereas yesterday, it kind of looked like he was like, "Oh no, um, I don't know, your ma." That's <laughs> that. <laughs> That was it. I think his ego would have taken, you know, a big dent yesterday. Um, and I, I'm not going to write him off yet because I, I, I do think that actually, almost the whole club has effectively just been going through the motions of late, kind of working on an assumption that we've got enough in the tank and that we'll get over the line. And I'm kind of hoping that the, the whole kind of um, experience of yesterday is a kind of uh, watershed. A proper jolt. I think we've had a number of jolts this season and actually we've not done anything about it and I'm hoping this one's the one that actually does shake the whole club up a little bit and say you're not just going to continue to you know, pat um, Rogers on the back and we'll, we'll just be on our jolly way to 10 in a row. You don't, you don't get gifted titles. Yeah. I think the only yeah. thing here is that that game came in the league and not in the cup. I think... Um, it, it would have been. It would have felt ten times worse if yeah. that was the um, Scottish Cup. Yeah. Scottish Cup. Uh, uh, you go go into Ibrox and you get cuffed like that, and it was a cuffing. That, yeah. One nil going on three or four nil. Anybody else that thinks otherwise is is in dreamland. So, I, 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 the positive I'm taking is that it wasn't in the cup, and hopefully now that it's that defeat was going to come at some point, at least it's come. And we've got time to kind of remedy and get on with it. But yeah, I mean, let me jump in for a second. I, I think you know the normally normal way we do the podcast is they're actually pretty structured. They might not sound it, but they're actually pretty structured. But with this, I think we're just going to go back and forth with with our kind of thoughts and, and takes on it. Um, I've put here, I've put, taken a note, and I've put down McGregor priority, not utility. Is that something you'd agree with, guys? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 thing is that we he is so important, and the only good things that came out on the pitch yesterday were through McGregor. Um, I I think if we go back to the very start, Rogers picked the wrong team yesterday. If he knew, and 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 I think there's a point to make about Tierney because I'm I'm very nervous about Tierney and this injury. I I don't it doesn't sound particularly nice it sounds more chronic people are talking about whether you need surgery but if you knew the the edward and tierney you could get 60 minutes out of them why not start them 
because you <sighs> poor, I felt very sorry for Mikey Johnson and and Edward didn't do anything any different when he came on but essentially Johnson's kind of gone under the bus we've had to put our best player at left back a position you know he, he can fill in at do you know start Tierney I mean I presume Izaguirre's never going to pull on a Celtic shirt again which is probably the right call I wouldn't I wouldn't you know who knows with this sort of way that we're going round players and bringing players out of the cold out of nowhere um, as a Giri possibly could come back into it um, the start Tierney yeah I think Tierney's injury might be a lot worse than we think this is just mm. I think Tierney being on the bench might have just been trying to give everyone a boost with the potential that he might come on um, because if not then I think he probably would have came on um, as, as we said McGregor did nothing particularly out of place Compared to listing, um, I, I don't think any player should get any pass marks for yesterday. It's a collective pile of jobbies, and I think a lot. Of, uh, yes, McGregor, it didn't make many mistakes and was okay going forward. But actually, he only really excelled at the point in the game where Rangers had it effectively wound up. Um, they they dominated the game, and I, I'm I'm not buying into. McGregor had a good game and everybody else is rubbish. I'm I'm, I'm holding them all equally accountable for a pretty just dismal performance all round. And actually, you know, if he's if he's a future club captain, then then yeah, you're right. You know, he he, he can't shirk responsibility. But is it, it is, it, is it Rogers' fault for the formation and the setup? I mean, you, you... I, think it's Rogers, I think it's Rogers' fault more in terms of getting them in the correct mindset. If you, yeah, I, I think the they didn't get started and they weren't able to start themselves all through that first half. And actually, they just sent... An, it's that you, It was almost like watching us away from home in Europe and then they started to send this nervous energy through the team by slack passes. Rangers knew exactly what to do in terms of applying pressure right up the field. So Boyata just oh, didn't... Jesus. Fucking hell. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's, that's a smart way to play against Celtic. So... They get nervous, then the whole team, certainly at the back, starts to lose their nerve a bit. And then your whole game plan just disappears. So I don't really think it was about personnel choices or or tactics. I think they just really failed to get the players in the correct mindset to start the game and dominate it from from the get-go. And the other thing that frustrated me is that in Rogers' first season, he got a lot of credit for realising something was going wrong and remedying it, remedying it. Yeah. either with personnel or by just shifting tactics. And I saw nothing of that yesterday. I kind of saw, obviously there was injuries he had to cope with, but actually it's blatantly obvious you move McGregor in the middle. Even if you play with no left-back, get him in to take the pressure off your centre-backs and move the ball around. But I, I was kind of watching it thinking, I think Rodgers is almost settling here and we'll expects we might steal a goal but actually I'm not going to try anything too different I'm just going to wait for something to happen um, I, I, I sometimes I sometimes think that Rogers is the sort of manager who sees every game as you know no different now he'll turn around and he'll say you know it's against our rivals he need to win but I think he kind of has this learning mentality um, and coaching mentality that 
we tried this and it didn't work, we move on. Which is fine if it doesn't happen at almost every single away game domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our domestic, our domestic uh, away form has been abysmal. I mean, absolutely abysmal. Um, what's your take? This game, we've been um, effectively outworked. The, 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 the opposing team has um, shown greater desire to win the game and has put themselves about. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of quoting this talent will only get you so far if you put the effort in behind it or, or, or whatever it is. I, my dad was reading that out yesterday. Um, but it's more simple than that. If you just if you don't turn up, uh, then you're, you're effectively, you've gifted the game to the, the opposing team already. And they've got far more to play for just now because the longer this run was going to gonna go on for, the more that the, you know their own fans were going to get on their back. So yeah. quite often, with these games, it's whoever that, that needs to win the most seems to get the, the result and it kind of looked as if we didn't need the result. If we became yeah, I think one of the, the there is a genuine worry and uh, Melbourne boy put it I think he he, he invited himself on at the Cynic uh, yeah. podcast, tactics podcast but he was, he was absolutely spot on. I think there's a real worry that Celtic have been found out, that Rogers has been found out and the question for me is We've got four weeks. We've got a transfer window that's open. What the fuck is he going to do about it? Because if he turns up and, okay, the, the, the cup match against Airdrie, um, you know, the first game after the winter break and, and they plan to go and just do exactly the same thing as, as they've done all season, then I'm sorry, we are in a title race and we're putting ourselves into a title race Yeah, because complete inability to to address previous failures yeah i think that's the thing like so i saw melbourne boys tweets as well and they were very good and we actually might get them on because um just for the bands um but see this idea of celtic becoming quite predictable in how we play football so we know gerard and his team probably just sat back watched the salzburg game and was like if we press them really high up the pitch, we put Boyata under pressure, we, we keep getting the ball back to Gordon, we suffocate their midfield, we're going to push them into mistakes. Now, I don't know anything about tactics, I'm not that guy, I, I you know, I'm a bit heart, I'm a right old style Fitba man, do you know what I mean? Get it in the mixer, that's, you know, I've got that tattooed on my shoulder. But so, as someone who doesn't know that much about tactics, I can see how 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 a team with you know, just not that far, not that much difference in terms of quality could easily put us under a, a ridiculous amount of pressure. Everyone was talking. I think the other thing that that, that, that has made a difference, and, and and again, this this is this is maybe too much perspective for twenty four hours afterwards. I do wonder the situation with the fans. Is is that actually, you know, is it becoming? very difficult to win an away game and and, and, and a Rangers Celtic game when you've only got 750 fans in the in the in the stadium because essentially Rangers I I, I, I honestly do I think I think it kind of added to the hype and you know if this is what Dave King was was after when he did this along with extra season ticket sales then then you know it, it sort of worked 
you know, it, it did make a more imposing atmosphere and and Celtic shied away from it. They didn't rise to that um, in the same way that Rangers didn't when they came to Celtic Park earlier in the season. Um, let me ask you this, Martin, right? So everyone's kind of heaping praise on Craig Gordon because of some of the saves he made. I'm a Gordon fan, as you guys know, although I'm starting to maybe see the light a little bit. Um Massive fan. I think his shot stopping is at times world class. I thought he pulled off some extraordinary saves yesterday. Saves that I don't think Scott Bain would have would have made. However, some of his distribution was beyond the pale. Um, I think there was at least five times where he hit the ball out of um, just out of touch. Um, the save he makes where Boyata kind of is in a kind of gets kind of robbed and then he makes a big save. A lot of the saves, you know, maybe if he made five world-class saves or five massive, massively brilliant saves, I think three of them were maybe his own fault. What's your thoughts, Martin? Yeah, we're... He's... It's not Gordon's fault. The tactics we're applying are creating these problems and, and his feet aren't capable of solving them. And I, I, I think... Gordon's as good a keeper as we're going to find in between now and the end of the season. So I don't think you're going to find somebody that you can drop in uh, without taking a mega risk. So I think you've got to stick with them, but you've got to adapt your tactics. Stop. You, every time you give the ball to Gordon with his feet, you're effectively giving the ball to the opposition on the halfway line. So stop doing that. Uh, and the solution is you bring McGregor in and you tell your centre halves you give the ball to McGregor. You don't keep giving it back to your goalkeeper or you put it out wider, you move it along. Very few other teams seem to use their goalkeeper as much as we do in this sort of triangle at the back. And we're just inviting pressure onto him. And you can and Gordon is actually it's admirable in that he's clearly been told it doesn't matter how many times it goes wrong, stick to stick to it. So I think a lot of other guys would say, Sod this, I'm shy at this, I'm just gonna launch it. But he does stick at it, but He's just not capable of doing it. So why put somebody who is actually an excellent shot stopper, let's just use him to the best of his abilities and stop putting him in those positions that just, you know, create havoc. But yeah. it, that's if that's the tactic they're sticking with, then he's not the long-term answer. And certainly for Europe next season, whatever competition that's going to be, um, you can't have... You, you, we're effectively just giving the ball away time after time. So I, I think certainly by the summertime, they have to have a, a smarter plan there. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think some of the, as it was mentioned, some of the, the saves that Golden makes are really exceptional. Um, I would continue with them. Uh, but, you know, if you, you, every time he gets the ball at his feet or he makes that pass to Boyata and... It's, it, See when he makes a pass out, as soon as that ball comes back to him, that's when I literally, you know, acceptance of this could potentially be a chance for the opposition, which is not great. Um, i got a question here, which I'm going to give to Ian Dugan. Um, this is from Ryan McCluskey. Did Lustig shit the bed and fake being injured? He certainly shot the bed. Um, once again... He sells the fucking AK Athens all over again. How many times does Lustig fail to stop that cross getting in? Because that has been all season that is that is that it's been, been that's been happening. 
Um, and, and, you know, I hold him completely responsible for the goal. Fair enough, you know, if Brown had managed to close his legs or perversely leave his legs even further open, um, <laughs> Gordon could have made a comfortable save. But, you know, so I think Lustig did, you could kind of see that, that there was a twinge at some point. I thought Ralston did quite well when he came on. Um, I think I think actually I'm becoming a, a Ralston cheerleader again. But I thought he did. I thought he did fine. I thought Ayer was was okay when he came on as well. Um, was the game done by half time though? Well, but see when you think about it, right? So Celtic had a kind of reasonable first five six minutes, right? There, there was some nice sort of movement, some good opening play. up. Yeah, had that ch- that kind of half chance that McGregor saved. Then kind of 25 minutes of absolute, we were dominated, right? Dominated like we've not been dominated by Rangers and fuck knows when. And they score. And then after that, as you say, kind of, they didn't create that much that was that was there. You know, there was lots of times when, you know, Gordon has to make a brilliant save because he's passed the ball inexplicably to Boyata, um, who, who then loses the ball. But actually... It probably was done by halftime in Celtic's minds, but <laughs> there was no reason for it to be done by halftime. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what about yourself, Mark? Did you feel at halftime that we could come out and get a result? Um, if you know, and, and if, if what were your what were your, were your thoughts on that? What do you think we had to do at halftime to to get a result? I, I, I was expecting, I was expecting a second half where Brown. Rogers and and a couple couple of our senior players would have just rattled a few cages and, and try to wake the team up. And so, I'd I'd expected the first five minutes to be a little bit of blood and thunder and just trying to yeah. wake themselves up. But actually, it, if anything, I think Gerard probably played the smarter tactics at halftime in that he almost said, "We're gonna gonna push Celtic to a point where they actually they give up." So. Um, I thought Candace was incredible yesterday. It just effectively he he just chased everything. He probably I don't even think he touched the ball. He just chased and chased and chased uh, to a point where our whole back line packed it in. Um, and I thought there was just uh, that second high, second half. It felt like a foregone conclusion, which I, I was really surprised about. And, and that's that kind of takes me back to my previous point in that. For a long time now, Rogers has failed to actually react to what's been on the pitch. He's he's kind of been working with assuming the players will solve the problem rather than a lot of the time. I think he needs to to react to either people's positioning or actually just sticking a rocket up a few players and getting them moving again. What do you think? Do you think of- he's given up. I, I think I think mm. Rogers perhaps had his ego massaged a bit too much mm-hmm. and. Probably, it, it's come at a good time in that he's got a month to probably stew Fine. on it. And um, I, I'm hoping, he, he, he's a diplomat, so he's not going to go off on one. He's not going to do a Gerard sort of post-match sacrifice for all his players. But um, yeah, I was disappointed with what he's saying, but I kind of got it. But I'd like to think that he's got a month where he's stewing. And actually, if you think back to Dyla's first season, they had that small break where they took the game off against St Johnston. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was like a self-imposed uh, break. Uh, and they came back and it was a, a, 
complete new animal. That dialer team for the second half of the season was actually really enjoyable to watch. Um, and they'd actually been through a sticky patch just before then as well. So I'm hoping, um, but I'm at the moment, it's more hope than confidence. My, my, I'm starting to wane in terms of whether I think Rogers is capable of doing something different. Can, can, can I jump in for a second and ask you both this question? We'll stick with Martin while he's kind of hot on the top. Um, see if uh, an English Premier League and if an English Premier League team came in in January and took Rogers, would you be as gutted? No, actually, not January. Let's just say May. After the Scottish Cup final, let's say Celtic do the treble treble um, and Rodgers um, is approached by Leicester and Leicester come in and he goes, he says, you know, I've done everything I can at Celtic Park. Um, I'm going to leave as early as I can and uh, so that there's time to get a replacement. Thanks for everything. Would you be as gutted now as you were at the very first season if it had been just after the first season? Uh, I would because I do buy into what I have. Uh, a proper legacy and foundation set in the club and I think that if you were to have a significant change in the structure in the summertime um, you, I think you're inviting all sorts of problems for the following season so I, I think I think your best chance of achieving 10 in a row is, is with Rodgers at the helm throughout um, but I do think that he needs to sort of um, take a look at himself and understand that actually a, a lot of these problems can be solved fairly quickly if he's willing to actually adjust either some of his tactics or um, certainly be a bit more ruthless with his recruitment as well. Ian, thoughts? I, I think I think in, in, in the way the question is posed, I, I would be far less gutted. Um, and and, and I'd absolutely taken all Martin's points, but if you think about... After that first season, it, you know we were invincibles, um, and and that's definitely not what it feels like just now. To the point where I think it kind of feels inevitable that he's going to, and I, and I think it will be Leicester. I think I think Vardy. It, it sounds like is you know kind of undermining Pule at every point, um, and and I, and I suspect that they are trying to line up Rogers as a replacement. Um, and, and, I, and as I say, I don't. I think in the long run, I would rather he was here for 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 five years, and 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 it does give us the best crack at the ten. But equally, it wouldn't be complete regret. It would be well, quite excited to see what somebody else could do with it. I, I think. I think Rogers is. I think Rogers is unwriting his legacy. This I think, season particularly. I think that's a good point. I also think the point that Martin made about having his ego massaged so much by everyone that he almost feels an invincible cloak is over him. Um, because, you know, people keep saying, oh, it's not a title race, it's not a title race. Well, you know, it's it's January and we're, okay, we've got a game in hand, so we are still top of the league. Yeah. But, you know, it is a title race. We've made it one. Yeah, we have made it one. But but it's essentially it still is. It, we should be so far gone in, in in the distance that it's unbelievable. But yeah. we've just you know Rangers have dropped so many ridiculous points, um, and they've dropped points where I've expected them to drop points. They've dropped points where I've not expected them to drop points. But every every home game Celtic are winning, so we we have this genuine sort of uh, it's a 
if we're go- at home, we're probably going to win. If we're away, who fucking knows? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a pattern that's not that, that shouldn't really be there. Um, question, Martin. Uh, thoughts on uh, beating? Be- thoughts on the referee? Um, a lot of people on social media, specifically, are saying that he played his part. Morelos should have been sent off. Um, that the goal wasn't ex- offside. Your thoughts, and I'll come to you in a second, Ian. Um, bears no significance in terms of how Celtic performed. Can't I actually thought he was okay. Let a lot go. Um, Morelos was doing his usual stuff, but in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't have sent him off for anything that he did in particular. Maybe. Maybe cumulative fouls could have picked up a booking or whatnot, but I don't. I don't think there was anything that he did that screamed uh, a red for violent conduct or anything like that. And actually, Morelis was was fairly quiet. Yeah, in a lot of respect. He I, is a fucking rat bastard. By the way, I absolutely <laughs> hate him, and I hate the fact that Brown didn't just fucking do him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it's it, so impotent. Yeah, really fucks me off. Sorry, I just back to beaten. Um, I actually Sorry. didn't think it was a, a bad referee's performance, uh, uh, but nah, it's. I, Wait, was that? I mean, the goal was offside. Our offside it goal was offside. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was a phenomenal call, and, and <laughs> it was Brian saying, "Oh, oh, I." Um, mysterious how they they make such a great marginal call against Celtic and I'm like well it was a good call (laughs) it was a good call do you know what I mean I'd actually rather congratulate a referee or a linesman to get it right I do think Morelos should have been sent off I think if you look at the amount of offences he had and and as you say four or five fouls um, and and you add any one of the four that he was let off with um, whether it was Booting down the balls, or you know, raking was it Ralston's back? I, 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 think on another day he 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 would have had two bookings and been off. We actually we were really poor. We reacted to that. A lot of our players were overemphasizing, overreacted. So Ralston kind of rolled about a bit when it was a, a bit of a sclaff. Lustig was did his usual hitting the deck and then looking up with his puppy dog eyes trying. So handsome. You do some. Uh, uh, we we totally played into their hands, and Morelos, as the game went on, did more of it because he knew that actually he was getting the reaction he needed. Our yeah. players were more worried about trying to get something happen to Morelos and actually stay focused on getting their arse in gear and, and getting the ball moving forward. Is is anything that Morelos did in that game any worse than stuff Brown's done? Well, well Brown doesn't kick people. So, I mean, Morelis has got a history of effectively just leaving his foot in and, and kicking guys. But actually, I, I think the referee did the right thing in terms of actually managing the temperament of the game. If he went card happy, then you can guarantee that in those games, when the cards get dished out early, we're the ones that end up losing play eyebrows. Yeah. So I was quite happy that he kept his card in his pocket for as long as he did because it was only going to go one way. We, would, we were under the cosh and we would have ended up losing players on the pitch as well I think it would just it, it just felt like it was a day where just not we didn't get the break of the ball once no we didn't get you know th- there was points where beaten would blow for a decision and and it was you know just not there was no fluency to any of it and I don't I don't think I don't really blame beaten as you say I would I would rather somebody let stuff go but I, I do think, 
I think ref, I think Morelos is for the watching um, when it comes to referees. Like, they have to keep an eye on him because he's he is filthy, <laughs> absolutely filthy. I think just in terms of we're going to touch on the midfield for a bit now. Um, in terms of um, summing up Brown's performance, impotent. The tackle that he put on Kent, where maybe last season he would have made it, he was running in and he makes a slight tackle and Kent just knocks the ball ahead of him and takes the foul. That, to me, just summed everything up. Also, I'm, I'm going to say this. See Scott Arfield. Scott Arfield is not a good footballer, right? See Ryan Jack. I get why Ryan Jack's in the Rangers team. He brings something, right? Um, I get, you know, Candace, I think, is a terrific player. Rangers do have good players. There's no question about it. Scott Arfield... I think is dreadful. I think he's a dreadful, dreadful footballer, and he looked like a superstar yesterday. He looked yeah. like he looked like he was uh, one of the best midfielders in Scotland. That's to do with how much space he had. Because I mean, where was Encham playing? Was it oh. central midfield? Was it in the sort of left of a diamond? Was it? Who knows? When he got the ball, he he gave it away. Um, Brown was. Again, one of the worst performances of certainly of this season, but of, of over a number of years. He looked hassled in, in, in possession. His passing was atrocious. There was two or three times where he just passed the ball out. Um, and, you know, these games, I, I think these games are about midfield. These games are won and lost yeah. um, in, in the midfield. Um, and because of that, because we had two guys in there who... And Cham's just lost form. I don't think there's anything sinister to Cham not playing well. I think he's just had a loss of form. Brown, it's potentially the finished. That, <laughs> the thing that worries me about Brown is when we were, when Christie came into the team and then sort of revitalised that midfield and, and when Brown was injured and all of a sudden it did look like a, a new way was possible. It was our best period of the season. Um I, I was still of the opinion that, you know, there's still there's still a time and a place for Brown, and actually, if there was a time and a place for Brown, it was, it was at Ibrox with 750 fans in there, um, and and he was fucking nowhere, and that's what really makes me worried that he's finished. Yeah, I mean that's the thing we we we've been debating this on the podcast for the last you know number of months about how well we were playing, um, how fluid we were playing when it was Christie um, and and McGregor in there, and the the thing we always said, as you said, time and place for Brown, but see if that had been McGregor in central midfield, and he'd had a ga- had a bad game, um, it would have been you know the calls would have been for well this just shows you that you need Scott Brown in yeah. those situations. I just I said it then and I'll say it again. If you want to see how good McGregor is in that position, he needs to play in games against Rangers. He needs to play in Europa League games in that central midfield. Um, is Scott Brown done, Martin? Would you play Callum McGregor ahead of Scott Brown moving forward? Uh, I would, and I think Scott Brown would think that too. I I I think that I I, I think that he'll take the decision out of the club's hands and yeah. he'll say, uh, I just get the feeling that he's he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Yeah. And I think he really think, I don't want my career, I don't want my career to end on me effectively either pulling the team down or, or sitting on the bench and not really doing much. Um, but that being said, um, I'm, I'm not going to write him off yet because we, I've written him off a couple of times, and then he's, you know, absolutely dominated matches since then. And 
I think whilst um, yeah, a performance at Ibrox um, was disappointing. Um, there's nobody's quite dominated Hamden like he has over the last three or four years. So um, I still think there are times and places. Um, actually, if you, if you think back to um, the cup final only what, a couple of months ago, less than a month ago, um, Brown came on. He did come on, yeah. And he he saw he gave us exactly what we needed. So he he's not regressed so far from you know four or five weeks ago. Um, but I do think that he's probably taken it quite to heart what happened yesterday, particularly when he's looking at Scott Arfield and going. That you know, is a ho- honestly see that picture. It is Arfield, isn't it? That yeah, goes up to him and does the boonie. Oh man, it's it's I don't know. It's like. Yeah. <sighs> Like, I hope he gets reprimanded by uh, the the men in uh, brown brogues. That's 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 not how I expect Rangers men to behave. <laughs> that's not how I was brought up to believe in, in how Rangers men. Um, just uh, kind of as we're finishing off, um, from a midfield perspective, um, Forrest and Forrest and Sinclair. This was written on the ninety minute cynic website. Um, Matt um, Evans did a, a, a kind of retrospective of the game. The midfield were so poor that I'm not sure it's worth slating Forrest or Johnson. They received very little service. Sinclair was similarly anonymous, but managed to look a little worse doing so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Christie, I thought, tried to work with what he could. Um, he was on a hiding to nothing. Forrest, similarly, and I, you know, it's not necessarily fair to, to just pick out Scott Sinclair, but he is a shite bag, though, isn't he, Scott Sinclair? <laughs> I thought Tavernier actually had a really, really good game, uh, and 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 I think that made it difficult for him. What do you think, man? Um, I I don't particularly remember thinking Sinclair was any more culpable than than anyone else. And actually, yeah, yeah. I thought um, I I think Forrest is undoubtedly our best player, and. It, on current form, should be player of the season. But I thought he was a bit of a shite bag yesterday. I, I whilst he's a lot of his value value is when he drops back, picks up the ball, and runs at the opposition. And I didn't see him coming looking for the ball that often. And actually, I felt at times Sinclair came looking for the ball. But the problem was is that because he didn't have Tierney charging on past him, he's effectively doubled up every time. Yeah, and it was. In the yeah. second half, um, he was just crowded out. So I, I think actually, I was more disappointed with Forrest, maybe because my expectations are higher. There was a point. There was a point um, where Forrest picked the ball up and he ran just down the wing, and um, he stopped the ball. And um, I actually remember like kind of freeze framing it in my mind. And he had three guys around him, and he had absolutely no out ball. He, and you know, you could see him kind of looking like. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't. I think the formation is the formation. So many players having bad games on the day, and Cham are key players having bad bad games. Boyata, who's probably the best defender in Scotland, uh, and Cham. It was it was really good that he put himself in the shop window. You know, that's what you want to do when you you get the big teams after you. You know, the the, the rumours are that he's in negotiations with an English club and potentially Roma. Um, I hope they were watching that last night, <laughs> and we can potentially get another four years out of him. But you know, a lot of things went wrong yesterday. I think everyone has to take a share of the blame. Um, 
But I think Rogers playing Johnson, sticking that wee boy in that situation, um, I think it was a massive gamble and it, it, it didn't work. Um, he, he can't... Rogers can't, you know, um, he's not at fault for players having a bad game. That, you know, you put your best 11 out there and if they all play bad, what can you do about it? But I think that in Cham, I, I think certain players look lost and I think that the formation didn't suit the personnel that See, were there. I think you can blame Rogers for players having a bad game because a lot of what they were doing Maybe. was effectively imposed because they were, they were being asked to do things that they're either not capable of doing or they're being played out of position and therefore not able to play their natural game because they're, they've been shifted around. So Boyat and Gordon had crap games because they're continually be told to try and pass it out from the back when actually they're just not good enough to do it. So put somebody in there that can help them move the ball on. So that's, that's Roger's fault in my mind for making them play poorly. Uh, I, again, We've been over McGregor that he's he's better in the middle. I, I think that the Johnson piece they actually they you're right. Rogers shouldn't have put him in there, um, but actually I don't think Johnson really knew that position at all. So that that just seemed like let's stick somebody up there if anything to to prove my point that I don't have any strikers. Um, yeah. So I I'm. I'm holding Rodgers accountable for for most players' performances yesterday. Um, Ian, just as we're closing up here, we're going to finish on a question, but what's your kind of overall takeaway from, from the game yesterday? It was definitely a game too far. It was the, easily the worst performance um, under Rodgers' reign. Um, and now we need a reaction. Um, I think the last time I felt that angry after a game was, um, you know, the the game, the the Hamden where we were beaten by Rangers and 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 Dyla resigned kind of straight afterwards. We need that kind of reaction. Um, there's four weeks to sort it out. Um, if Rogers is is the fucking managerial messiah that we've been promised, then straightforward. Show us where we're going fucking wrong, Brendan, and and let's get it sorted. And Lee Congerton and Peter Law will extract the fucking finger, get us a striker, get us a right back, get us two centre backs, because that's what we're going to need to replace what's going out, and 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 find us something that means that you know this is this is you know darkest before the dawn moment. This is the low, and let's move forward from it. Martin, yourself, what's your kind of takeaway from? the game um, I'm really annoyed that we've effectively opened up a title chase I'm really annoyed that we've given quite a lot of hope to to Rangers that they we can't change our squad as much as we need to right now and so we're effectively now in a bit of a dog fight and, and so when it, if, if we're in this position come the split then I think we're in a really shady place because guaranteed we'll end up with some really stinking away games and we'll certainly be at Ibrox as one of those away games. So there needs to be, as Ian said, a reaction and it has to, they need to try and build up momentum early doors. Otherwise, they really are going to be in a scrap. And ultimately, um, 
we've got everything to lose just now as well. Um, uh, and the longer it goes on with a genuine title chase, the, the greater the confidence will come um, at Rangers uh, and the more hours will start to dwindle. So, uh, yeah, they need, they need to work on something pretty quickly. Um, the final question is from Brian C. Hamill. Brian actually DM'd us today just to ask if he can kind of when the podcast was called next because he wants to make his point. Um, it is time for Lustig, Sinclair and Brown to drop out of the first team. Sinclair scores a few tap-ins now and then, contributes nothing else. Brown was great, but he's too old and slow now, and I feel sorry for Lustig these days. He's terrible. All three have done well, but it's over. Would you agree with that, Martin? Hey, or Ian first? Hey, not, not for Sinclair. I think I think I think Brown and Lustig absolutely. Um, I think Sinclair actually was 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 coming on to a decent vein of form over the past um, few games, and and you know if we can get him back to that, um, then then you know all we're all the better for it. I think in time does Johnson become a replacement for Sinclair, and you know you take forty grand off the wage bill, then you know that's that's probably the direction of travel, but. I, I, it feels. I think. I think tarring Sinclair with that brush feels harsh. But Martin, yourself, he needs to add eight more players to that list. They're all shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm a massive fan of Michael Lustig, but I don't know. Yesterday might have been a kind of watershed moment for him and for Brown. Um, Sinclair, I find him very, very frustrating. Potentially, if all three of them were adequately replaced, then I can see that that being the way forward. But it just depends on whether we get the biscuit tin open. Um, that's the podcast. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be recording all through January. Um, we're not taking any time off. We've got some interesting stuff lined up. Um, but Ian Dugan, it's been a pleasure as always, sir. Thank you very much for having me and have a happy new year when it comes. Martin Friel, as always, a pleasure. You know, uh, I just want to leave, um, you know, everybody with, you know, just a, a little saying from um, Matt Goss. Um, so <laughs> I made, a, I've made a conscious decision uh, because of Stevie Wonder not to be superstitious. Actually, yesterday's result is completely my fault. I put on a new shirt yesterday; hadn't worn it before. It was, it's completely my my fault. You know, Rogers, the players, guys. My bad, I should stick to the tried and tested shirt that you know you've already won in, in the previous match. So it's all on me uh, and Matt Goff. And, and not only that, but um, you're not even allowed to play put Conkers in bloody England anymore. And that's one of the biggest problems in the world, apparently. Can we do a Bros podcast at some point? Because that film is fucking genius. You're saying that as a, as a joke. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's get into negotiations. Ian Dugan, Martin <laughs> Thank Field, you. I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road. Down by
I could think about was how a guy like me could fight them all. And when you finally submitted to embarrassing capture, out of So